Greetings in Jesus' name. For my apostle meditation today, I wish to have a theme, Messiah defeated Satan in battle. The reason for my meditation and for my preaching, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is, one, it is alive and powerful. Two, it is sharper than any double-edged sword. Three, it penetrates even to the dividing for the soul and spirit. Five, it goes to joints and marrow. Six, it judges the thoughts. Seven, and the attitudes of our heart. Complementary to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, we find 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is. One, God's breath and ease, useful for teaching, useful for rebuking, and useful for correcting, useful for training in righteousness. Greetings in the name of our eternal Messiah, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Both Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 and Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 declare that Jesus to be our eternal Messiah. Scripture declares that God is the same always and never ever can change. Point two, he's always good, always loving, always all-powerful. There can never come a change in God, but God can change things. Three, no matter about the changes in our world, God is changeless. God is unable to change. God is consistent. God is eternal. And God is eternally reliable. Point four. Remember, this is what Scripture says of Jesus. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory, glory to his wonderful name. I want to give you an introduction before I share my meditation today. This is basically a warning to my listeners and all the believers in our world today. A warning to all believers in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 3.1 states the following. That we must realize that this is the last days and we will experience difficult times. Now, difficult times is with us. But difficult times cannot last. God is ancient. God is contemporary. And God is future. Jesus, the Son of God, warns us in John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things. That there will be difficult times. So that in me, in the midst of difficult times, we can have the peace of God amidst a storm. Now listen to what Jesus says. In this world, you will have trouble. It's a certainty of trouble. But in the midst of the certainty of trouble comes the certainty of the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus says. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Second Corinthians 4 verse 4. It gives us the identity of the person that caused this difficult times, this trouble times, this times of uncertainty. The God, small G-O-D, of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the display of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Second Corinthians 2 verse 11. In order that Satan should not outsmart us, outwit us, 
Paul the Apostle says, for we are not aware of the schemes of Satan. Satan is busy with deception. There's global deception everywhere in our world today. Be careful. Read the gospel. The gospel is truth. The gospel is light in the midst of darkness. Listen to this. The enemy, the unseen enemy, they are using the pattern of the ten plagues in our world today. Point one. Remember the coronavirus has imposed mistrust amongst people, self-isolation, and a narrowing of our social worlds. Point two. The load shedding that we are experiencing represents the ninth plague on Egypt. Darkness was on the side of the Egyptian, but it was light on the side of the Goshen territory of the Hebrew people. One, the current load shedding we experience is on an international scale. Most countries are at this moment experience breakdown in electricity. For two, the load shedding is staged to restrict people's movement everywhere. It is deception to restrain social movement, to imprison people mentally, to rob people of joy and happiness, to create anxiety and panic, to make people despondent, to take away the joy of society. Point three, our load shedding is more artificial rather than mechanical. The whip of deception is at work. Now what is the antidote for load shedding in Ease, Psalm 121 verse 1? I want you, if you apply and read Psalm 121 verse 1, this is the text. He says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, winds cometh my help. What is, it? what is the means of this text? So when there's trouble on the earth, look to heaven. Focus on God, not the crisis. Keep your mind busy with positive stuff while load shedding prevails. Buy artificial light, make a fire, and enjoy family times around the fire, and enjoy your happiness. Be informed, the battle for our hearts and our minds and for our souls has gone into overdrive. But do not panic. Jesus, our battle commander, is ready to fight any and every battle we may experience. Remember Jesus as the battle commander of God, as the eternal Messiah, defeated Satan in the heavenly war. Jesus came in on the earth and defeated Satan on the cross. And ultimately, in the future, I don't know when, but it is sure, it is certain, the battle will be fought and Satan will be ultimately defeated and throw and expel into hell. Jesus Christ, our battle commander. I want to share with you my meditation coming from the book of Psalm 121 verse 3. And he will not means it represents the mighty hand of God will do battle for you and will do battle on our behalf. Do not fear. Moses says, watch 
and learn, stand and watch and see the salvation of the Lord today. The enemy you experience, the enemy that you see, you will no longer see. And the Egyptian empire was brought to ultimate defeat by the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point one, the heavenly battle. There was a heavenly battle before the battle that we are experiencing in our world today. Our eternal Messiah battled Lucifer, called the devil, the dragon, that old serpent, Satan, as per Revelation 12, verse 7. The Messiah's identity before his humanness coming to the earth had a name and it was known Michael the Archangel now what is the outcomes of Michael's battle with Lucifer it is documented as per Revelations chapter 12 and 7 Messiah defeated and dethroned Satan for always one listen to the outcomes one they prevail not it means they were totally Paralyzed and destroyed. Secondly, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Point three, the great dragon was cast out with his angels. The deceiver of the world was cast down in battle. Point five, he was cast out upon the earth with his angels. Point six, according to Jude one nineteen, one nine. Michael the archangel said to the devil, when they battle over the body of Moses, the Lord rebuke him. What is the consequences of Satan's rebellion? As per 2 Peter 2, 4 and 7. Remember there was an outcome and Satan prevailed not. Neither was the place found anymore in heaven. The great dragon was cast out. He was expelled. The deceiver of the whole world was humiliated brought to utter nothingness he was cast out into the earth his self-exaltation was brought into humility he was cast to the earth listen to the consequences of satan the dragon that old serpent called the devil one for god spared not the angels that rebelled against his sovereignty over his rulership. For God spared not the angels that sinned. Two, but cast them down to hell. Point three, and delivered them unto change of darkness. Four, to be reserved unto judgment. Jude 1 verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he had reserved. In everlasting chains, they are everlasting, eternally bounded in chains. Under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day, Jesus Christ will be the judge of that day. So there was a pre-human battle, pre-human history battle in the unseen. And what happens? Messiah called Michael the Archangels brought defeat, brought humiliation, and the enemy was brought into bondage. 
point two. I want to look at the Old Testament battles in Scripture. How Messiah came to biblical figures and supported them against the battle with Satan. We see in Revelation 12, 7, Messiah battled Lucifer called Satan and he was defeated and cast down. So Satan is now continuing his battle with the human race. But the battle is not yours. The battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. So do not fight in the physical. Let us fight in the spiritual. Let us look at Old Testament battles in Scripture. Point one. Genesis 14, verse 14. We see that Abraham battled against five kings. The enemy captured his cousin Lot. And Abram went into overdrive to, re to redeem his brother from bondage. The battle took place at night. And Genesis 14.6, Genesis 14.16 confirms that Abram defeated the enemy. I'm convinced that Messiah God, the God that provided the sacrifice, Lamb, in the place of Isaac, uh, uh, responded to battle, and God created the light in the midst of darkness, uh, and Abraham defeated the five kings. Point B. Exodus 14, 10 to 31. Moses and the Exodus generation at the Red Sea was cornered, the sea in front of them, the desert on one side, and the mountains on the other side, and in front of them is the Pharaoh and his army. Pharaoh and his army was defeated. The Egyptians shouted, listen to the shout of the enemy. The Egyptians shouted, let's get out of here. The Lord is fighting against us. He's fighting for the Israelites. The Egyptian army was defeated by the person of Messiah. The person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point C. Exodus chapter 17, 5 to 13. Moses and Joshua battled the Amalekites at Rephidium. And the Amalekites was defeated. Whenever the hands of Moses was raised towards heaven, there was victory in the camp. So let us raise our hands to heaven. Our, our victory is heavenward. Our focus is Jesus. And Jesus is the battle commander that will do battle for you and will do battle for me. Point D. Joshua chapter 5. 13. The captain of the Lord's army appeared unto Joshua just before he would battle uh, Jericho. And listen to the words of, of victory. Listen to the words of our eternal Messiah, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, before his humanity. And when Joshua asked him, Who are you? He said, As captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? So whenever we call upon the name of Jesus, God will do the battle for you. Remember what the Bible says, this battle is not yours. This battle is not mine. The battle from, from the first to the middle and to the end belongs to our 
battle commander, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What was the result? The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Second Samuel 5, 6 and 10. We see that King David battled the Jebusites and took hold of the eternal city of God, Jerusalem. The word Jerusalem re represents two words, Jeru, the fear of God, and Salem, the peace of God. I want to look at point C. Battle with Satan on the earth. So Messiah battled Satan before earth. Messiah battled the devil in ancient Old Testament history. But 2,000 years ago, God took on human formation. God came in man and he dwelt upon the face of the earth. The purpose was to come and destroy the works of the devil. So Satan was defeated before. Satan is defeated today. And Satan will ultimately be defeated by the eternal Messiah, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So point C, battle with Satan on earth. Now our eternal Messiah, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, existed before his physical manifestation in human form. As per Matthew 1 verse 21. And she shall give birth to a son. And he shall be called Jesus. He shall save his people from sin. Matthew 1 verse 23. It reveals the identity of this child. It will reveal the identity of the eternal Messiah. The battle commander that was given human form. Why? To destroy the works of the devil. Matthew 1 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus Christ is Emmanuel. It means God with us, so that God can battle on our behalf. The battle is not yours. The battle is not mine. The battle belongs to our eternal Messiah, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 1 John 1 verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have, heard, have looked upon, and our hearts have handled, our hands have handled of the word of life. Jesus Christ, the eternal Messiah, is the word of life. He is the God in human form. 1 John 1 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and so unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. So God came into humanity, God took on frailty, God took on physicality, so that he can come and do away with the works of Satan. God came to humble himself. And God came to destroy the exaltation of Satan. 
And today, Jesus is far above every other name. He's far above governments. He's far above empires. He's far above every name that is mentioned upon the face of the earth. Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is majestic. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Colossians 1.15 Now who is this man called Jesus? The Bible says he is the image of the invisible God. So that's why Jesus says, no man goes to God the Father except for me, because I am the door to the Father. I'm the firstborn over every creature. Colossians 1 verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are upon the face of the earth, the visible and the invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Eternal Messiah existed before Lucifer. Eternal Messiah existed before he received the name Satan. That old dragon, that old serpent. Satan is a creature. He was brought into existence by the eternal Messiah. That's why Messiah precedes Satan. That's why Satan is under the feet of Jesus. Colossians 1.19 For it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, should all fullness dwell. So in the person of Christ, God dwell the person in totality. That's why he could walk on water. That's why he could, he could heal the sick and call the dead to be life again. Jesus is rightfully called the God-man insomuch that God indwells the person of Jesus. So in human form, God indwells. For what was the purpose that God disguised himself in a man? 1 John 3, 8. This is the purpose for the coming of Christ. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, came for the purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Matthew 1.21, to save his people from sin, shame, and degradation. What did our eternal Messiah accomplish while battling Satan on the cross? John 19 verse 30 represents when Jesus says, Tetelestai, the words that the same person that spoke caused the universe into existence. And now his spoken word, Tetelestai, would seal the fate of the kingdom of darkness once for all. John 19.30 represents one, Jesus battled Satan as a man under God and prevailed over the evil one. Revelation chapter 12. Point two, Jesus battled Satan as a man under God and disarmed the kingdom of darkness once for all. Colossians 2 verse 15. Point three, Jesus battled Satan as a man under God and destroyed the works of the devil. 1 John 3 verse 8. Point four, Jesus battled as a man under God and release man as prisoner in the prison of Satan, of the devil, under sin. He redeemed us. 
He released us from God. Romans 8 verse 2. Point five, Jesus battled Satan as a man under God and paid in full the price God demanded for sin. Galatians 3 verse 13. Point six, praise the name of our eternal Messiah, Jesus. He battled the evil one and defeated Satan once for all. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15. The word tetelestai, it is finished, represents the following as benefits for you and for me. One. When Jesus says it is finished, he sealed the victory over Satan as per Colossians 2, 13 and 15. Point two. He sealed the payment of sin once for all. Sin was nailed on the cross. Colossians 2, verse 14. He sealed the power of death. Death is now under the feet of Jesus. Jesus conquered death and the grave. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. It confirms the battle over the kingdom of darkness was complete. Colossians 2 verse 13. Point 5. It confirmed that the warrant of arrest that God the Father signed for the Son to execute, to, to arrest the most wanted was executed successfully, Colossians 2 verse 13. Point 6. It confirms that Christ disarmed the ruler, Satan, in his own backyard, and the authorities and the power was, was openly put to a shame. Colossians 2 verse 13. Now, when Jesus executed the warrant of arrest, it represents Mark chapter 3 verse 27. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his works, except he will first be binding the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. So the coming of Jesus Christ and the death of Jesus was the place of chains upon Satan. He is now in bondage. The warrant of arrest was executed. The man was the, the man in the, the God man executed the arrest and Satan was now in bondage. Point eight. The sacrificial death of Christ on behalf of mankind resulted in the following one, the battle is fully won. Two, the enemy is fully defeated. Three, the death of sin is paid for. Let us give praise to the name of Jesus. Point D. Now, Messiah defeated the battle against Satan in heaven. Messiah battled in the ancient history of Abram, Moses, Joshua and David, and won. Now how can, and on 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to the world to claim humanity to be a sacrifice for sin on our behalf. He paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. So I want to give you biblical reasons, principles, how to defeat the battle today with the eternal Messiah on our side. Principle one, 
What you need to realize, the battle is not earthly but heavenly. This is not just a local battle, it's a global battle. It is not a physical war, it is a spiritual war. 1 Ephesians 6 verse 12. Listen to this. For our struggle is not A, against flesh and blood, B, but against four levels of evil entities, meaning this. Spiritual war is global, not just local. 1 against rulers. 2 against authorities. 3 against the powers of darkness. And 4 against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places means it is it is forces in the unseen but God sees the scene and God deals with the unseen the battle is not mine the battle is not yours the battle belongs to the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Jesus conquered all the rulers Jesus conquered all the authorities Jesus conquered all the powers of the dark world Jesus conquered all the spiritual forces in heavenly places and they are by faith under the feet of Jesus. So principle one, you've got to realize that a battle is not just local but global. It is not physical but it's spiritual. It is not earthly but it's heavenly. Principle two, depend on Christ, not man. Now governments are powerless against the evil forces of darkness. But Jesus Christ, the battle commander, from heaven will do battle for you and you will do battle for me so principle two how to overcome depend on Christ Romans 13 verse 12 lay your deeds of darkness down and put on the armor of light Romans chapter 13 verse 14 put on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I believe this means association fellowship dependency on the person of Christ Ephesians 6 verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take stand against the devil's schemes. The gospel of Jesus is the full armor of God for us in this ancient battle. Point three, I want you to apply the seven pieces of the armor of God for whatever you may face. Any battle yesterday, today and forever, the battle of the battle of God on our behalf has been won before. It will be won today and God will win tomorrow. The armor won, the belt of truth. Ephesians 6 verse 14, John chapter 4 verse 6. The breastplate of righteousness. Ephesians 6 verse 14. The gospel of peace. Ephesians 6 verse 15. Psalm 111, Psalm 119, verse 11. The sealed of faith, Ephesians 6, verse 16, Hebrews 11, verse 6. The helmet of salvation, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. The sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, verse 17. And then, armor number 7, pray without ceasing, Ephesians 6, verse 18. Principle number 4. Confess sins daily. First John 1 John 1.9 gives us the key how to be purified from all sin. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from sin and unrighteousness. 
when we confess our sins, God cleanses us on two levels. Sins that we have forgotten and unrighteousness, whatever happens in our life. Principle five, call on God the Holy Spirit for guidance. Do not rely on your wisdom. Do not depend on what you have, your position, your, your status in life, but call on God the Holy Spirit to do battle for you and to do battle for me. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide us into all truth. John 14, 20, 25. John 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything Jesus taught us in Scripture. Point three, John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, the Spirit of truth, he shall teach us all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ taught us. Principle six. What's important is to memorize scripture to heart. Put the word of the gospel in your mind, in your soul, in your body. 1, Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. 2, Psalm 37, 31. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not falter. Point 3, Psalm 40, verse 8. Your law is within my heart. Principle 7. Forgive self and others. 1. Matthew 6 verse 12. And, and forgive us our sins and our trespasses as we also forgive them their trespass against us. Point 2. The principle is we do not forgive others for their benefit, but for our benefit. Hatred does not destroy those we hate, but the hater. So we, give, so we forgive others as God has forgiven us in order for us to be free in ourselves, to, to serve the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ. Principle 8. Give thanks under all circumstances. 1. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. Give thanks in every circumstance, for this, is the, for this is God's will for you concerning Jesus Christ. Point two, Ephesians 5 verse 20, always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Principle nine, pray always. First Thessalonians 5 verse 17, pray without cheating. As you walk, pray. When you drive, pray. When you sit, pray. Keep on praying for God to cover you, for God to give you wisdom, and to confess your sins moment by moment. So pray without ceasing. Point two, Ephesians 6 verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times, with every kind of prayer and petition. To this end, stay alert with all your perseverance in your hearts for all the saints. I want to go over the seven the principles, how we can overcome the forces of darkness. How to overcome the battle for the day. Principle one, realize that the battle is spiritual, not physical. Principle two, depend on the person 
of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Principle three, apply the seven pieces of the armor of God or put on the armor of God in this battle. Principle four, confess our sins daily. Principle five, call on God the Holy Spirit to guide us and to direct our pathway. Principle six, memorize the gospel on the tablets of your heart. Principle seven, forgive self and others. Principle eight, give thanks unto the Lord under all circumstances. And principle nine, pray without ceasing. I want you to say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice, because if God be for us, who can be against us? Now unto him, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far beyond what I can imagine or think, according to his power that works in you. I say, call upon the name of Jesus, and God will, will solidify sinking sand and create a solid foundation. Jesus is our cornerstone. Jesus is our firm foundation. Jesus Christ is our victory. The peace of the Lord be upon you as you continue to live your life as unto the Lord. For Christ's sake, amen.